0: Boo. Amy Nicholson here, the host of Halloween Unmasked, and guess what? We decided to surprise you with a short bonus episode. Because here's the thing. It is impossible to do an in-depth show about Halloween and not really get into Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th, since these three franchises together define so much of modern horror history. There have been nine nightmares, 12 Fridays, and when the new movie opens this weekend, a grand total of 11 Halloweens. We're talking 32 films just between these three iconic villains. Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, and Michael Myers. So who's really the coolest? Freddy and Jason have tried to fight it out, but I wanted to do a battle royale with all three, really getting into each of their killer moves and killer flaws with two rad comedians and horror experts who I am so glad that I scared into coming into the studio. So let's introduce our fighters. Me, hello, your host, Amy Nicholson. I'll be sticking up for Michael Myers. Right over here, in this corner, we have Paul Rust. He is the host of the new podcast, In Voorhees We Trust. Hey, Paul. Hello. And over here, we have Nick Weiger of the Doughboys, who eats himself to death.
1: Slice to see you. Little Freddy tribute. (laughs) (laughs) My hello was also a Jason tribute, his (laughs) popular catchphrase.
0: Hello. Yeah. All right, guys. This is serious business. We need to do this. All All right. All right. Bring out your knives.
1: Got five of them right here. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who is the most threatening?
1: Here's what I'll say. And I, I like Freddy. I think Freddy's very cool. I don't know if he's... I think he's probably the least threatening. I think the I, this, the idea of, okay, if I fall asleep, I'm going to be killed by Freddy, like that concept is threatening. Mm-hmm. But I think I'd rather be chased by Freddy than by Michael Myers or or Jason. Especially Jason, because I feel like Jason is just unstoppable. And Freddy, I feel like I could, maybe not outwit, but I maybe outmaneuver.
2: Yeah, that's interesting that you're like, if Freddy wasn't in, in your dream, Yeah, but like I was like, well,
1: what if the tables would turn? What if Jason
2: was in your dream?
1: Oh, boy. That'd be scary. I mean, that's the kind of twist Freddy would do. Like, if you were a big Jason fan, and then you'd have a dream where you were, you were like, oh, Jason, but then he's going to kill you, like in a little ironic twist.
0: I think Freddy has too much ego for that. I mean, mm, yeah. I will say this against Jason. <laughs> mm-hmm. Your mommy helps you a lot. So, I feel like having your mommy do some killing for you right. is is a strike against you. Also, I, yes. your knife is disproportionately big and I have heard that the bigger the knife, you know, the smaller the whatever. So, I find saying
2: that- Jason's not packing? <laughs> I think Jason's packing. The whole thing is his avenging his mother's death. Right. So, also, a guy who's like, I will defend mommy, a little. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, that machete is pretty big.
0: I mean, here's the thing that I think Michael also has in his corner, which is, you are correct. I will always catch up with you as Michael. Always. And I I walk a little slower than Jason, but I think I walk—I think in a way, like, Michael walking slower than Jason— makes him almost this wizard who controls, like, time and physics and energy. Right. Because I still somehow catch up. Like, Jason runs. I I just—I'm casual about it. I'm cool about it, and I will still murder everybody.
1: Right. And and what I know of, of, of psychopaths is that they can think like a person, but they don't, like, process emotion like a person. And that, to me, is, like, terrifying. Whereas Jason is just, like, a monster. I think, like, okay, it's like a Frankenstein chasing me or a wolfman. And that's scary in and of itself, but it doesn't have, like, higher-order thinking. Freddy, I think, is, like— just a guy. He's, you know, he's. I mean, he's like a. He's bad. <laughs> no one's arguing. Freddy's good, but he's like, he's kind of a dude. Like, I feel like he's kind of got a dude's attitude. Like, I feel like I could have a conversation with Freddy.
2: <laughs> you could have a beer with Freddy. Yeah,
0: I could
1: have a beer with Freddy. We could have a beer summit.
2: Hey, Spence, let's trip out.
0: In a way, I think that's what makes the Nightmare on Elm Street films. Maybe more popular at the box office. Which sure, they are, which is people want to hang out with Freddy more. Freddy's yes. more fun.
1: Yeah, he's approachable. He's not. He's not like this. Uh, uh, this borderline automaton. I mean, he definitely has the most, the biggest
2: personality out of the right. three. How's this for a wet dream? <laughs> Michael and Jason are just little quiet boys. But I will say, you know, the benefit of having um, twelve Friday Thirteenth movies are that you can select the ones where. Yes, in some Jason uh, runs, but there's other ones, uh, and I've coined a new phrase, it's teleport Jason, where he's behind you, and like moving slow, and you right. run really fast, and then I don't know where you bump face first into Jason's chest, and they start bending like rules of physics.
0: I mean, I think that makes a fair amount of sense, teleport Jason, I like that. Thank you. I, I mean... I don't want to give you guys ammunition, but I do feel like one of Michael's weaknesses in being threatening is that he operates sort of like a cicada. Like he goes dormant 364 (laughs) days of the year. But if it's not Halloween, you don't have to be incredibly afraid of him.
1: That's true. But I mean, that is a very scary night. I mean, Halloween when Michael Myers is on the prowl is just (laughs) that's the worst day. I guess if we're just talking in pure odds of
2: somebody's available time to kill there's at least two friday 13ths a year sometime right right yeah that sounds about right and that can fall in any month so you could be like hey february is a time for the romantics mm-hmm. for the lovers what
1: the day before valentine's day is friday the 13th you know if we're talking about events that occur regularly how about getting some rem getting some sleep you're 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 getting your eight hours. You're maybe sneaking in a cat nap during the day. Freddy could strike. That's every day of the year, unless you're a chronic insomniac. You, Freddy could be there anytime. Every town
2: has an Elm Street.
1: I guess yeah, on a pure just day, day by day. Yes, you totally out outnumber. Him. He's got. There are more opportunities for Freddy to come in and kill you. The uh, uh the one that sticks with me because I saw this when I was too young to see a horror movie. Is when the uh, the he puppets a guy he like tears out his veins mm. and like like you know like makes him what makes a hum- man walk around like a marionette with like connected to like his arm veins. It's so gristly and it's so disgusting, but it's also very creative and very yeah. Clive Barker. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I do think Freddie actually wins on creativity. Because yeah. I was trying to think about like what are Michael's creative kills. And the most playful one I can think of is, like, he wears a ghost sheet, and he's yeah. like... <laughs>
2: right. I do like that part, though, when he's, he pulls a little prank on the people he's about to kill.
0: I know, because he doesn't have a sense of humor in any other part of the franchise.
2: Right. Yeah, The uh, the question of most creative? I would say it's Jason. Whoa.
0: How? He just stabs people.
2: Well, he stabs a spear through two human beings having sex. And if we're talking creative, maybe not creative in, like, terms of splash, but just pure creative expression, there's no more potent symbol of sex equals death than, <laughs> That's true. than two people with a spear through them.
0: I mean, I think you guys have to give Michael this, though. Like, Michael has the best physical fights. Yes. And they get better, or better, quotes, unquote. I mean, I have problems with the fact that Michael turns into, like, a giant wrestler in, right. like, the, the zombie movies. Mm. But there's that fight in the zombie movie, the very first one. Mm-hmm. Where Michael fights a guy named Big Joe Grizzly, who's like six foot five. Let me
2: introduce myself. I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch.
0: And the Michael in that movie is six foot eight, and sees two giant dudes in the gas station bathroom, just like battering each other and like denting the door. I mean, that is the most wrestler WWE fight I believe in. Like all of these franchises. What about this? Who's got the coolest backstory?
1: Jason. Yeah, I I think I'll concede that it's Jason. Oh my sweet. Innocent Jason. I think Michael Michael Myers' backstory is a little bit ambiguous. Is it super concrete? Have all the blanks been filled in?
0: Well, I think it's sort of awesome and just that he was born evil. Like he's just this like red blooded testosterone natural born killer and not like. An angry baby like Jason is. Right. I'm an angry baby. I drowned.
2: You'd say Michael Myers is like, he's a monster. <laughs> I can see the deadness in his eyes. Uh, that's just Donald Pleasance in every sequel, just screaming alternations of that line over and over again. Well, yeah. yeah and in yeah. a way,
0: I think that makes Michael's backstory also cooler is that he's the one person out of all these three who has a person who really cares about him, which is Loomis. Dr. Loomis.
2: Michael Myers is the most dangerous patient I have ever observed.
0: Doctor, there is no diagnostic evidence to support that statement. He's the guy, he has a buddy who writes books about him, who makes him famous. Like, everybody in the nightmare world is just trying to get people to forget about Freddie. Yeah. And Michael has, like, a friend. Everybody cares about him. Right. Well,
2: if by coolest backstory you mean the most empathetic backstory, I would say Jason is the coolest. Little boy drowns, breaks his mom's heart. Freddie is a child molester. And Michael, uh, weirdo, uh, watched his sister doing it with a boy, and then killed her for it.
0: What I thought was really surprising is, and I will admit this, is that Halloween made less money than you guys up until now. Like, I think when the new Halloween comes out, like we'll we'll go over the edge.
2: Sure, it'll go boffo.
0: Yeah, I think we'll go with total buffo. Right now, Friday the 13th, you are on top. Wow. Yeah. You are narrowly right behind. It's like 380 million to 370 million, and then I'm at 308 million, which we will totally blow past. Yes.
1: But you. But in terms of, because of, there are 12 Friday the 13ths right? There are nine Freddies, I believe, if you count Freddy versus Jason. How many Halloweens are there? The
0: new one's going to make us 10.
1: 10, okay. So per entry, uh, Freddy's still going to have the edge. Yep. I can't believe you. Your cube beat my cube? <laughs> and
2: now and now Amy, your cube is gonna beat both our cubes?
0: Yeah y'all better Ugh. believe that. I got the best cube, it's coming. <laughs> I would say that in a way, Halloween gets to hold its head up because we're the least gimmicky.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: You know, I've never gone to space. Like, Michael right, Myers just right. hangs out in Iowa. We're cool. We're chilling.
1: Yeah, it's the least <laughs> fantastical. I mean, it's the most grounded of any of these. I mean, that
2: part six, when it gets into the territory of, like, the long Wiccan line uh, of the curse of Michael Myers, that that gets uh, pretty— re- I mean, I love it. Any part six of a movie is when things really get ridiculous. But, uh, well, I want to defend Jason. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: who has the uh, most hockey-like mask? <laughs>
2: Oh, Michael Myers, (laughs) big surprise. You lobbed that one up for yourself.
0: Well, what do you love so much about Jason?
2: (laughs) The formula. It's so satisfying. Like the first half hour, you meet a bunch of fun teenagers Mm -hmm. hanging out. The second half hour, Jason starts killing them. And then like the last 20 minutes is Jason chasing a, a girl around and then she kills him.
1: The simplicity of that, I really, really like. You're right, though. That the formula is super satisfying, and and as far as Freddie is concerned, it's a similar sort of thing. I mean, one thing I'll say is like I love Freddie's character design. I think he looks cool. I went as Freddie uh, to uh, uh, to for Halloween once when I was a kid, and I just I had like a homemade Halloween. I had a homemade Freddy thing where I got like a I, I got a, a a you know green sweater and painted red stripes on it, and mm. I had like a, a homemade ma- uh, a glove, and um, I put like little scars all over my face to kind of replicate it, and I had a fedora, and uh, I, I like. <laughs> I just like how Freddie looks. He looks cool, yeah. And uh, Robert England, the way he personifies him, the way he plays that character, I think is really cool. Like it's like it's like menacing, but it's also kind of fun, which I like. Uh, and I, I I like the idea of being terrorized in your dreams. Like that's just like a fun formulaic element, and it's very relatable because everyone has nightmares. Everyone has like. I actually, had a nightmare about Freddy once when I was a kid, which was terrifying. When I woke up, oh my up.
2: gosh! And when you're in that dream, you're probably like, "This is it." Yeah. Also, to get to meet a celebrity, in yeah.
1: Dream. <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> I mean, I
2: I will say, without Halloween, without Michael Myers, there would be no Jason, mm. and there would be no Freddy. That's yeah. for sure.
0: Can you guys guess what slasher film, just single film, uh, is the most successful slasher movie of all time?
2: Scream Two. I was gonna say Scream.
0: You guys are close, but you are off. It is scary movie. Wow! Yes, I love it.
2: (laughs) I love that movie. That makes me so happy that that's the the highest grossing slasher. Yo. Hello, shorty. What are you doing? Nothing. Sitting here watching the game. Smoking some butt. Are you all alone?
1: The funniest, scariest movie of all time.
0: (laughs) ha! All right, well, let's talk body count because I'll just admit right up at the top that in Halloween, we start off, I think, killing less people than any of you guys do. Sure. And y'all just multiply it from there. Like you get, you especially Jason, you get insane.
2: I think part five reaches, a uh, Friday 13th, part five, New Beginning, reaches uh, like 20 bodies. Twenty corpses. That's a lot. Yeah.
1: Um, that actually, because we were just talking about smooth movies. That, <laughs> that reminds me of in Hot Shots Part 2 when uh, he's he's like on the killing rampage in the Rambo segment, and then they put a ticker up for the body count. It just keeps going up, <laughs> and then it reaches. It goes. It goes so high, it just changes to bloodiest movie ever. <laughs> oh, Satire. Yeah, it's so hey, funny. Really? Yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> Go watch, go watch the Hot Shots movies. Jason has the highest body. count. I just feel like he kills so many horny teens. And I feel like Freddy kills a half dozen people per movie, three to six, somewhere in that range. I don't feel like he's ever had just like a crazy spree movie unless I'm misremembering something.
0: Yeah, I do think Jason wins on body count because right. also your kills are just Simple. I mean, if that's not insulting. It's a little insulting. I mean it to be a tiny bit insulting. But, like, Freddy, your kills are so elaborate. Yeah,
1: they take a lot of... there's kind of got like a Rube Goldberg element. It takes a lot of setup. It's like when you're playing the game Mousetrap, and you've just got to, like, you take so much time, and then you you finally want to pl- start to play it and, it, and you just want to knock everything over because it's more fun than actually following the rules. But it's just, yeah, there's just there's just so much work involved, I feel like, in, Fred- in Freddy's elaborate kills. And sometimes you just want to... Hit someone with a two by four. I mean, the, it's interesting.
2: I never thought about that. How Freddy's body count is probably pulled back by just on a budgetary level. You can't have like twenty amazing, fantastic dreams, right? Each of his is a big set piece, <laughs> right?
0: Quality over quantity.
2: But the uh, Jason, his his body count not only is uh, is tops, it also spans centuries. I mean, in Jason X. One of his victims, he puts her face in a big tank of freezing liquid, you know, like that they'll have in space. Yeah. And freezes her uh, face and then uh, smashes it into like little red cubes all over the countertop. Now, what do you think uh, your two dopes are doing in uh, two centuries from now, huh? Probably rotten in the dirt.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, best weapon. Best weapon, though. Mm. I mean, here's the thing that I noticed about Michael when you really stare at it. We think of him as being a knife dude, but he does a lot of strangling. He's a a pretty big strangler. Mm. And then later on, he gets into, like, gardening tools and stuff, (laughs) but... He's a little more ambidextrous than I think people give him credit for.
1: He's a Renaissance man. I like Michael Byers' commitment to just like sort of like you know again he's the most grounded. I like his commitment to grounded weaponry and and, <laughs> and, and, and I mean I think that's part of like the menace of that character. Um, Jason, I mean like I just always think of him using the using like harpoons. Like I feel like just like like everything that exists uh, in the real world, like he can improvise and turn into a weapon, and that 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 in of itself is admirable. Here's what I'll say about Freddy. He's got a built-in weapon with his claw hand. Like Ooh. I feel like those blades that he's got on are just so threatening because they're always there, and he—it's that he knows how to use them. It's like a part of his essence, and then also. Kind of like reality or like the dream world is kind of his whole weapon because he can manipulate it as he sees fit and he, and and uh, uh, you know like like we we're like we were discussing he can the fact that he can shape for change forms and like become a big serpent or something like that's like crazy and and insane and 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 that has to be like considered part of his arsenal because that's those are the that's the mm. tool he uses to dispatch people.
0: I do admire that about him. Like he yeah. has his own weapon. He comes with it, and yet he still pushes himself to be better, to dream right. better, to dream bigger, right? Right.
1: Yeah, he yeah. wants to. He wants to be a little
2: creative. He wants to uh, to up the stakes each time. Jason, you're right. Can take anything and kill somebody with it. Impalements are his thing.
0: Although Michael can impale like an entire giant dude to the wall with just a tiny kitchen knife, which to right. me makes no sense. I, but but somehow he must have the thrust to it. I mean, that's a lot of weight when you really think about the full crumb of the knife and the door.
2: And- I think that guy's wearing glasses, right? So maybe it just balances things out just a bit. Like the,
1: the weight of the glasses. <laughs> <is> the- <laughs> I
2: was
1: going to say Jason's best weapon is his moral compass, which rightly finds sex as shameful and <laughs> worthy of being punished.
0: Maybe we're looking at this fight the wrong way. Because, okay, granted, Michael's weapons are probably the lamest. Yes. However, his movies are still good. Right. Which means he's able to compensate in many ways. Like, his his movies must be better if his deaths are more boring. Uh, can I convince you guys of this argument?
1: Uh, I think it's fair that, that the coolness of a weapon does not mean the does not determine the goodness of a film like you can have like a boring weapon and have a good movie like a racer has a really cool gun <laughs> but that doesn't make a racer a good movie so uh yeah i i think there's i think there's something to that the fact that it's that it's uh you, you know that they are kind of standard weapons but they find a way to make them interesting that's a challenge in and of itself they don't have to get elaborate and crazy with it
2: Interesting that you would reference Eraser directed by Chuck Russell, director of Nightmare on Elm Street Part (laughs) 3.
1: You know I had to do it. Oh, you Russell head.
0: Thanks again to our horror experts and awesome comedians, Paul Rust and Nick Weiger. Thanks to you for listening to this bonus episode. And Halloween Unmasked will return to our regularly scheduled program with episode six. See you then.